huge. Um, and uh, I just want to show you a little a slide up here. Can you name any of these people up here that appear in this picture? Okay. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, okay. Yeah, that's, that's not the actor's name, but okay, all right. Cartoon version, okay. The different people here, there's actually Alistair Sim, Albert Finney, Alan Young, George C. Scott, which we just saw, Bill Murray played him, Michael Caine, Patrick Stewart, and uh, Jim Carrey in one of the versions, too. Now, what I wanted to point out was that in, almost anybody apparently can play Scrooge. I mean, there's, there's multiple kids' versions of this, too. But even more importantly, anybody can be a Scrooge. You may never have played the part on a screen somewhere in a theater, but maybe you played the part in life. Perhaps some of us uh, need to admit that we feel a little Scrooge-like ourselves as Christmas comes around once again. Do we need, maybe like Scrooge, a change of heart this morning? Perhaps some of us are already tired of Christmas. Perhaps some of us are tired of it before it even gets here. Some of us have already started complaining about having too much to do, too many places to go, and we find ourselves thinking, bah, humbug, even though we don't say it out loud. Well, perhaps we've allowed ourselves to get so busy with the demands and the details of Christmas, kind of the commercialized version, that we never even stop to think what it is we're celebrating, actually who it is that we're celebrating. So this is an opportunity at the beginning of the Christmas season, before we even get to the month of December, to get that part right and to get our hearts where they need to be. Because if everything else is only a distraction and an annoyance, then we need to get back to the true meaning of Christmas. It is a tragedy if somebody celebrates Christmas and does not celebrate Jesus in the celebration. Even now, more than ever, there is no one that this world needs more than Jesus. Uh, and so today, this is an opportunity for us to say, you know what? I'm going to really put the spotlight on Jesus this Christmas. I'm not going to be afraid to say Merry Christmas to somebody. I'm not going to be afraid to, to sidestep the birth of Christ and say, well, isn't this great that we can have family times together? All these things can be very good and important, but the emphasis needs to be on Jesus Christ in every way and every part of this celebration. Now, Ebenezer Scrooge had a big change of heart at Christmas, and it's not too late for us to do the same. What is it that changed his mind about Christmas and actually his whole life? Well, obviously, the visit of those four spirits really caught his attention. They terrified him. His former partner, Jacob Marley, showed up. The three ghosts of Christmas's past, present, yet to come. These visits brought to him the opportunity to see what his life had become. They gave him the opportunity to experience a change of heart. Something inside of him was changed that night as he thought about where he was and where he needed to be. And he realized, in a sense, how lost he had become from reality, how lost he had become to the realities and the values that life is really supposed to be about. And he experiences what I would call a moment of truth, you know, the moment when God got his attention. And he realized the mistakes he had been making. 
when he looked at his past, his present, and his future. Now, when we see the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, I think it's only natural that we kind of put ourselves in his shoes, in his heart, and we realize, you know, there are some things that I want to change in my life too, some things that God is showing to me. And so we can kind of experience what he's experiencing, you know, just kind of watching and, and being part of that. Have we ever been ashamed, you know, even of our miserly way, of our self-centered way, our greed? Have we ever discovered that we have somehow gotten calloused towards people who need extra help and people that are less fortunate than ourselves? Have we ever come to a moment of truth ourselves when we really realize how lost we have become? And especially as we think about Christ, has there ever been that moment in your life, tragic if it hasn't, when God got your complete attention and said, what are you doing? What needs to change in your life and in your heart? Christmas Carol's story focuses on the past, the present, and the future of Ebenezer Scrooge's life. In a similar way, the story of Jesus, which we are starting to celebrate now, focuses on the past and the present and future as well. Think about the past. Let me share some scriptures with you. There will only be the references up here because I wanted to just kind of give it to you quickly, but these are references maybe you would write down and, and then be able to look later. In the past... We read this in Romans 3, there is no one righteous, no, not one. All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. That is the past for every human being. Or this past statement of what God has done in result, as a result of that, as a response to that, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's also a present and the Bible says this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, but whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It also says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is righteous and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. There is the present, and there is the future. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, one of my favorite verses. This is the reality. This is our future, that we do not live in condemnation. And then in 1 Thessalonians, for the Lord himself is going to come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that we who are still alive and our left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, the Bible says, we will be with the Lord forever. That is the promise of God's word. The Christmas story, the story of Jesus and salvation, goes way back into the past. It goes back to creation itself. It goes back to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve's sin and the promise that there would be one who would come who would correct these things and make it right. It goes back to words spoken by Old Testament prophets 700 years before Jesus even came into human history. Isaiah 7, 14 says this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Of course, that means God with us. Isaiah 9, 2 says, for to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among all the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. These scriptures are really just three of about 300 scriptures, 300 prophecies that show that God was setting the stage for the Messiah's arrival for centuries and centuries of man's history. He wanted to make sure that we didn't miss his coming. When it finally happened, when Jesus arrived, he wanted us to all understand, and yet many people still missed him. Every year we look back to Jesus' birth, which is now 2,000 years ago. We retell this event. We reenact this event year after year so that we will never forget what his birth was like and what his life means to us today. We want to remember Christmas's meaning and significance. So we celebrate Jesus' birth with parties and family gatherings and special times of worship. We celebrate not only Jesus' birth, but the tremendous difference he makes in our lives, even now. But what this world needs to understand, that the Christmas story is not just about a cute little baby in a manger. <laughs> the baby in the manger became the Lamb of God. And Jesus grew up to live like no one else ever lived, and then he paid the ultimate price for our sins by dying on the cross of Calvary. Isaiah, the prophet who had foretold Jesus' birth, also predicted how the Messiah would take our burdens upon himself. And so in Isaiah 53, we read, Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds. We are healed. You and I are healed by his sacrifice. Jesus died on the cross. He took our sins, our punishment upon himself, and then he rose from the grave. Death could not hold him. And a few weeks later, he ascended into heaven to sit at the Father's right hand, and then he sent his disciples out into the world to tell everyone his story so that they too could put their trust in Jesus to save them to change their hearts, and to give them a life better than the life they had ever known. Now, this little story of Scrooge becomes so much bigger when we experience Jesus and we put our faith in him and we are saved. Jesus is the central figure of human history. I, I don't know anybody else that you put up that even come close no one has done for more for us than Jesus, and no one ever will. It is in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone that God speaks to our past and to our present and to our future. It is in Jesus Christ that God confronts our past and changes our present and gives us hope for our future. In Christ, God confronts our past. Now, you may not want to admit it publicly, but all of us have a past that we're ashamed of. 
We all have a past that we would like to forget. You know, part of Scrooge's horrors, terrors, when, it's, when the ghosts appear is that he's got to admit what he is, what he has done. We all know what we have done, so it easy, is easy to identify with them. Remorse, regret, desire for something better. Ebenezer Scrooge is a man that has grown incapable of joy. He's rich, but he's still living in squalor because he is such a miser. He takes pleasure in nothing and seems to be totally indifferent to the suffering around him. One of the ghosts who visits Scrooge show him his sins and shortcomings and in fact takes him to a graveyard. And the spirit's bony finger points Scrooge towards a tombstone covered with snow and he's commanded to wipe the snow off the tombstone and read the name carved in it and he reads his own name. Weeping and shaking, Scrooge pleads with his spirit, you know, are these, are these only the shadows of things that will be or are they the shadows of things that may be? Why would you show me this, he asked, if I was past all hope? Tell me that I may sponge out the writing on this stone. And when we look at our past, we realize there's nothing we can do about that past. There's nothing that you or I could do except pay the penalty for that past. Can it be removed? Can it be expunged? Humanly speaking, it is impossible. We are chained to our past, like his partner Jacob Marley goes around in those heavy chains. The things we have done, which cannot be undone, can only be addressed in Jesus Christ. Our sins are carved in stone, or so it seems, and yet Jesus is able to wipe every sin from us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us, the Bible says. In the same way that Scrooge's life was changed, God wants to heal us from our past. He confronts the past so that there can be a moment of truth, a moment when we realize that we need forgiveness. And then he calls us to repent. He calls us to place our faith in Jesus Christ, to renounce the old sinful ways and to accept and receive a new life that we were given by his grace in Christ. And like Ebenezer Scrooge, each of us must experience a moment of truth or that will never happen. There has to be a moment when we come before God and we, confronted by our past, admit our sins, our failures, and we throw our hands up to God, who alone can save us. Through faith in Christ, God gives us the opportunity to experience a total change of heart. He gives us the opportunity, through Christ, to be set free from our past. And God confronts our past so that we can have a change of heart. And when we turn in faith to Jesus Christ to save us and we repent of our sin, we find forgiveness and grace for the first time in our lives.
You know, in Christ, God also changes our present then. Once we make a decision for Christ, it changes everything. The ghost of Christmas present shows Scrooge the joy that he has been missing in his life. His eyes are open to a reality for the first time in a long time. He sees other people happy and celebrating Christmas while he is alone, just hunkered down in his dark bedroom. Jesus alone can give us new life. Jesus alone can redeem us from our past. The word of God says in Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you probably know, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We cannot change ourselves, but Jesus Christ can turn everything completely around. No matter what we try, no matter what lengths we are willing to go to, we cannot change ourselves, but in Christ, we can be forgiven. And in Christ, we can be given a new life, the opportunity to start over again. This is an amazing verse in Titus 3, verses 3 through 7. At one time, Paul says, we were foolish, we were disobedient, we were deceived, we were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. In Jesus Christ alone and by his grace, we are set free from our past so that we can live the new life He alone can give us. What a gift. John Ortberg tells a story how one time in the church service, they were getting ready to kind of commission and set apart three college students. People of just great, great character, great devotion to the Lord, great desire. They had just graduated from Azusa Pacific University in California. They all had a heart for missions, and they had all dedicated themselves to spending the next two years of their life serving the poorest of the poor in India. Everybody was so excited for him. And these three students came to this dedication service thinking that they were just there to be commissioned and then sent out with the church's blessing, which they were. (laughs) But then something amazing happened happened that they didn't have any idea was coming. John turned to them after they had kind of done everything, and he said, there's something else. I just have a little piece of news for you. There's somebody you don't know. There's an anonymous donor who is so moved by what you're doing that he has given a gift to this university in each of your names on your behalf. And so he turned to the first student, and he said, you are forgiven your student loan, your debt of $105,000. And the young man immediately wept, (laughs) started crying completely blindsided by the news. So he turned to the next student, 
you are forgiven your debt of $70,000 this moment. His reaction was pretty much the same. And then he turned to the third student, you are forgiven your debt of $130,000. All three students had no idea that this was coming. They were simply ambushed by grace, is how John Ortberg puts it. Blown away that somebody they didn't even know would pay off their student loans, their debt. And Ortberg says the whole room erupted in tears. This is what God's amazing grace looks like. This is what God has done for each of us. And that's what happened to us, you and I, when we trusted Christ as our Savior from sin. We were ambushed by grace. We were overwhelmed by grace that someone would be so generous and that someone would pay a debt that we could never pay and give us a new life that we could not have without him. Jesus freed freed us from our past. He changed our present. And now we are free to serve him. Through Jesus Christ, our past, present, and future can be changed if we will repent and we will get our hearts right with God. In Christ, God gives us hope for our future. We have the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ. We were destined for a godless eternity in hell. But now in Christ, we will be with God in heaven for eternity. We don't deserve this. We did not earn this. But it is the gift of God by his grace. When Scrooge wakes up Christmas morning, he realizes that he has been given a second chance. He knew that he could make things right with other people, and he would be kind, and he would be generous, and and he would be sensitive and compassionate towards the needs of others. But we have received so much more than that in Jesus Christ. And along with that, a glorious future with him. No matter what this life brings, no matter what hardships we may have to go, no matter how long or how short our life here may be, we all have this glorious future that is promised us in Jesus Christ, guaranteed by his grace. And so, if you have not accepted what he's given you, this could be your moment of truth. Have you ever opened your heart to Jesus Christ? You can do that even now. This can be your moment of truth. You know, it is tragic when someone allows their past to dictate their future. It is tragic when someone lives in the past when Jesus Christ is offering them the opportunity to start brand new. It is tragic when someone rejects the future that God is promising them today. I don't know if you're here in this room. I don't know if you're online. But if you are here today and you have never come to a moment of truth when you are talking with God and he is confronting your past and he wants to change your present and he wants to give you a promise for your future, what will you do? What will you do in this moment of truth? Will you receive what he's offered you in Jesus Christ? Will you accept this glorious, undeserved gift of his grace? 
Will you receive the forgiveness that he's offering you now in Christ? Our prayer is that you'll do that. If you want to come forward in a moment while we're singing and give that decision, share that decision with us, we would just be so excited to share that with you. We want to just wrap around you and, and, and join you in praise and honor to God for what he's giving you in Christ. We want to baptize you into Christ. We want to see you, you know, fully surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, living for him, glorifying him in your life, living him for him every day. Uh, if that decision is yours, share it with us today. If you're here with us online today and, and you don't have the opportunity to be down here at this moment, please call us this week. Let's get together. Let's share that decision in Christ. Let's see you baptized into Christ uh, that you may live that God wants you to live. Let's pray together for those that may need to come to a moment of truth. Lord, we're grateful that in this moment, each of us can recognize our own lives, our shortcomings, even as Christians. Maybe we, we regret some things we've done or said. Maybe we've missed opportunities, and, and now we're, we're ashamed of that. We come to this moment, Lord, when you speak to each of our hearts and you want to correct us, you want to admonish us, you want to maybe discipline us and get us back on the right track. May we come to that moment where we are very real and honest with you and we are given that opportunity only in Christ to start anew. And if there's someone here today, Lord, in the sound of my voice, here or online, that needs to come to a moment of decision with Christ. I pray that they will do that, that they will not delay, that they'll not put it off. They'll not think, well, there'll be a better day someday. That day may never come. And I pray that they would act on that decision today and they would surrender their life to Jesus Christ and receive from him in faith and repentance the gift that he's offering them of new life, of eternal life a life they could only dream of before. Lord, may we each come to a time of, of uh, repentance in our lives. And if there's someone here that needs to accept Christ, surrender their life to Christ for the very first time, may they do so before this moment of truth is over. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And while we're singing together, one of the famed uh, and favorite Christmas carols, if you want to surrender your life to Christ today, just come forward. We'll uh, talk with you about that today. Celebrate the decision that you're making. And if you're online and need to make that decision, uh, please call us today and maybe even on the chat, ask us to get back in contact with you. Let's stand together and let's sing to the Lord. <clears throat>